this is Angela, Brianna, and Marissa, and for this week's podcast, we are going to revisit Media Literacy 2. Just to preface this podcast, uh, I want to say that we ha- we were a little confused as to the topic for this week, because um, when we signed up, it said Media Literacy 2 Revisited, um, but we weren't really sure what that meant, or whether we were supposed to do another podcast on design thinking. So what we're going to do is we're going to try to incorporate everything that we've learned so far. Uh, Marissa, for Media Literacy 2, we talked about uh, the reading from Buckingham and something titled, Do We Really Need Media Education 2.0? Do you have any thoughts on the reading? So this reading explores the benefits of incorporating media into our classrooms. One of my favorite quotes from this reading is, as we shall see, some have claimed that contemporary changes in the wider media environment require us to rethink the fundamental aims and methods of media education, not just the content of curriculum, but also our pedagogy and our teaching methods. I believe it is important to adapt the latest technology with our students to keep our lessons engaging. That's great. And Brianna, I know that you also selected a passage from the Buckingham reading. Um, would you care to share that? Um, yeah, so Buckingham talks about in the, on page 19 in his conclusion, he says, I would agree that it is necessary to keep pace with our students' media experiences and their changing orientations towards media, although we need to be aware, aware of assuming that those experiences are all the same. However, keeping up with our students does not mean we should automatically import the latest technological mechanics into the classroom, let alone start pimping up our Facebook profiles in some hopeless desire to be down with the kids. So I think that's like extremely important. I think that um, it's important to incorporate certain types of technology and media into our classrooms, but not doing it in a way that is inappropriate or it seems like we're trying to fit in with them. Um, I think we need to use technology in a way that's um, beneficial and not so much like a forced incorporation into the, into the lesson that we're teaching, more like if it works for the lesson, then we incorporate it, not just like a forced um, incorporation. Right, and that I feel like ties in with what we've learned about social media as well as this week's topic, which is design thinking. Uh, Marissa, do you have anything to add on how media literacy connects with either social media or design thinking? Uh, Yes, so part of being media literate is to teach our students the difference between credible and non-credible sources. Going off of that, we need to teach our students how how news on social media might not always be true. Um, I think that also an interesting point is that is Wikipedia. Um, for a while, I didn't. When I was younger, I didn't know that Wikipedia could be edited and that like people could change what's written on there. So like as a kid, like I was using Wikipedia as a credible source of information because my teachers hadn't taught me otherwise, or that like it was a wrong website to use. So I think that is definitely an important skill that we need to teach our students, um, and definitely teach them the importance of knowing that what they see online isn't what they're what's hap- necessarily happening in real life, especially with like. Instagram models nowadays manipulating their photos and changing how they their lifestyles look online. So I think that's an interesting point. Speaking of students in the classroom setting, uh, I was thinking about design thinking and how that relates to uh, media literacy. For me, design thinking is all about human-centric uh, decision-making and how students learn. And to me, you know, how you connect with students is through media and knowing that they are media literate 
will help you design your classroom that way. So that's what I think about tying media literacy to design thinking. As we said, though, there's definitely like a line between teaching student, students to be media literate and teaching them about social media and trying to like fit in with them and be like in, like in the cool group or whatever. Like there's a, there's a line we have to like keep our boundaries with like, especially with social media and how we present ourselves on there um, as future current teachers. So I think that's interesting. That's very true, because I think that also ties in with the Marwick and Lewis reading, a media manipulation and disinformation online, uh, that, you know, it's very important that we teach students how the media can be manipulated, like you said before, and how there is so much disinformation online. I know, too, like, people can be perceived as a red cup is known that you're drinking, if, if there's alcohol in that drink, if, if you're um, holding a red cup in a picture, and I think that that's an example of something that can be misconstrued online as opposed to real life. So I think it's important that students realize that what they post has huge um, influence on what people may think or say about them or perceive them to be. So I think that's a big um, point in being media literate. Yes, and I think that actually segues really well into uh, the videos that we saw for media, media literacy too. Uh, it's the video titled, Can You Tell a Fake Video from a Real One? And then the other video we saw was Beware of Online Filter Bubbles. Uh, I had actually a lot of trouble with the Can You Tell a Fake Video from the Real One? Because um, I couldn't believe how advanced the technology was out there to impersonate someone, uh, even in a video setting. Do you guys know of any example, other examples, or have you come across anything like this before? I thought the same exact thing. I thought the videos were extremely mind-blowing how accurate and similar they were. Between Photoshop, there's tools that anyone can grab nowadays and edit any video or photograph to manipulate into something completely different. And like I said, I think that's definitely like true on social media specifically. Like people are always manipulating their lives and, or manipulating people to think they have, they're living different, different lives than they actually are. And people edit videos in certain ways to make them look like they are living the best life and having the most fun, especially like on Snapchat too. But like they could be having a miserable time. Well, I feel like everyone nowadays are basing their whole lives on their social media. That's that's their whole life. And if they're, they're having fun so, on social media, it's, it's not important. They're so drawn to it, and all the likes and retweets they get is what they live for. So speaking of trying to get likes and people to follow you on social media, um, the last video that we saw was Beware of Online Filter Bubbles. For me, I don't know about you guys, but I've encountered, since I've seen that video, I've encountered uh, more marketing that I noticed that more marketing was targeted towards me for certain things or articles were being presented towards the top that, you know, they, the online system thinks that I might be interested in. Do you, have you guys noticed that? Yes. So I have noticed on my Facebook ads popping up in my newsfeed of things I was searching on Google. It's scary how Facebook knows what you have searched. And I think it's important that like we teach our students that they keep saying, that is a huge part of media literacy that like that is kind of like a trap like to get them to shop or spend more money 
So I think it's important that our students know this information and understand like what's happening when they log on a social media app or any type of app that could um, kind of manipulate them in a way. Right. I definitely agree. And class, I hope you agree as well. And I hope you enjoyed our podcast on Media Literacy 2 Revisited.